Hi everybody, I'm Katie. And I'm Rhiannon. And welcome to Haunting Cases. Hi everybody, this is Katie from the future, and I just wanted to pop in real quick and let you guys know that there were some technical issues this week with this episode as an entirety, but I wanted to let you guys know that the audio on my half of the episode doesn't sound that great, and that's because the microphone that my computer was picking up was actually from a old webcam that I used for streaming, and well, it definitely has the quality of a webcam and it sounds like I'm in the 90s or like down the hall in a cave somewhere. So just a heads up, I have tried to make it sound as bearable as possible moving forward, but I do want to let you guys know that I might sound a little weird for this episode and the following episode, but Re brought us a spectacular case this week and I believe that it's still worthy of being posted because it's not that bad. So, without further delay, we hope that you enjoy this episode. <gasps> well, welcome in, listeners. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm still sleep-deprived from the last week or if I reset because I'm having hours. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> Is that a reset? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's how that works. Like, do I have to have multiple, like, eight-hour days of sleep? Like, do, do I need to do that for me to, like... Reset, or is it just like okay, we had eight hours, now we're good? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've been trying to test that theory myself. <laughs> I was thinking about it this morning because I went to bed at three a.m. last night, and the cat woke me up like an hour later, wanting God knows what. It was snuggles, probably. <laughs> I think it was snuggles, but I was pretty fucking pissed about it because I'm like. going to get anything done with this cat around. I gotta go to Starbucks. I was like, shit, what did Salem do? So, she's obsessed. If any of you know how to keep cats off of cords, that does not involve peppermint or citrus because my cat is fucking weird and she <laughs> likes both of those flavors and it does nothing to repel her and neither does fucking hot sauce. Oh my goodness. Please let me know, because I would really, really like to stop the fucking terror that is me having to repurchase 
goddamn computer cables every other week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> because she bites through them all the fucking time. So that's what drove me out of the house. Like, on top of, like, she decided she was going to, like, run a rampage. She broke one of my um, pros that I have, like, one of my ceramic pros. And then she decided to go bolting into the bathroom, completely, like, just wreck that. Like, the fucking Tasmanian devil went through there because the fucking rug got thrown up. The goddamn (laughs) litter box was upside down. There was litter everywhere. Oh, And then no. she fucking pooped in the bathtub. So I don't know what I did wrong to deserve that. Holy so shit. I had to clean that mess up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done with you. I cannot be around you right now. I'm just going to leave and be the responsible <laughs> I'll come back here in a little bit. So <laughs> I went down to Starbucks and I'm working on my case down there because I haven't had time to like put toys up this week. I'm working on the case down there. I'm listening to podcasts and stuff like that. In about four or five hours, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take a little break. I'm gonna go on TikTok. I'm gonna have a little me time. <laughs> and I had my headphones in, but here's the thing. The headphones that I have in are hardwired into my computer, and I didn't really think it through. And when I opened <laughs> TikTok, I am on, like, smut TikTok right now, <laughs> to say the least. And it was just this really, really bad audio that came through immediately on my FYP, and I, like, shut my phone off, turned bright red, and, like, threw it. And, of course, my old friend that works there, because I used to work at the Starbucks, she looks at me like, okay, I'm like, oh, you didn't see anything. So then I'm, like, trying to just, like, keep calm and not have, like, a freaking meltdown. So I go back to work, and I'm listening to podcasts and stuff, and they close at 5, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get myself some cheese and crackers from Smith's originally was going to be sushi, but they didn't have the nigiri that I wanted. So I was like, okay, cheese and crackers at this. And (laughs) I'm pulling out. I come back home. I walk in the house. And as I'm coming around the corner towards the office, I notice that the bathroom that I left clean has been re-Tasmanian doubled. Oh. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, cat. I don't know what I did to shit in your fucking breakfast this morning, but apparently it was bad. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> and it's not like she's like peeing anywhere outside of the litter box right now. I'm like, okay, no bladder infection. She's just in a fucking mood. <laughs> Damn. So that's how <laughs> that's how my day's going. And the reason I don't have a case for you right now <laughs> is because I. I found a whole new can of worms after I finished the other one. So now I have to dig through more worms. (laughs) Well, that is all good because my one-parter turned into a two-parter. So we will be bringing to you a lovely two-part episode (laughs) from the paranormal side. And maybe Katie will drop in uh, a true crime surprise this week if we get time if not you'll just get paranormal for a little while and then true crime will be back shortly (laughs) (laughs) i I totally forgot that i said i was gonna do that yeah 
I actually have been putting in a lot of thought to doing minisodes on like missing persons cases and unidentified or even unsolved cases that just don't have enough information there for a huge episode, but they would make a nice little minisode and their cases still need to be covered and talked about and they deserve just as much spotlight as we give to other cases. So look forward to that. I don't know how often that's going to happen, but Hopefully, I can make it to be, like, every other week or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to make promises right away, but. <laughs> yeah, so look look forward to a little surprise in your, your podcast inbox sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap up banter and get into our trigger warnings. See you on the other side, listeners. While we understand that some individuals listen for the entertainment aspect of true crime, it's important to remember that these are real people with families and friends who may still be suffering from their loss. These stories are not meant to open old wounds or cause further emotional damage to those involved. We remind you to please be respectful, do not dox, or contact those involved with cases. While paranormal occurrences and urban legends may be sources of tourism, please be considerate if you visit one of these locations. Do not engage in trespassing and be sure to ask for permission if you plan on recording. Be aware of your surroundings and travel safely. The cases discussed in this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. episode we will be discussing cases involving children or teens these are cases that can be very disturbing to some listeners as always listener discretion is advised if you or someone you know has a child who has been victimized please call the proper authorities and look at missingkids.org or call the national center for missing and exploited children's hotline at 800-843-5600 Seven eight for more helpful resources. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back in, listeners. Welcome back. <laughs> Today I have uh, probably one of our our darker episodes definitely not the darkest by any means for the paranormal but (laughs) this is not going to be a light and fluffy one just a heads up for you listeners you probably guessed by our trigger warnings (laughs) but in any case today we will be discussing a location that was rated the fourth most terrifying place in america according to the travel channel in october of 2010 and that is the whispers estate Okay, I was like, white candle. White candle. (laughs) Yes, I don't have my spiritual insurance going. I don't, I mean, feel free to get yours going if you feel the need. There's definitely some creepy shit in this one, but there wasn't anything that I was like, but yeah, there's definitely some creepy shit that I wouldn't want to run into. (laughs) 
for some reason, I thought you were going to be talking about Flush Pedestrian Ranch. I'm like, why didn't you say anything? Ooh, no, no, definitely not. Yeah, that would be, definitely be some advanced warning on that one. It was so rude. <laughs> no, that one's definitely going to be on the back burner for a while. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready for that either. Please don't throw that at me. Uh, no, today we will be discussing the Westbridge Estate. So to start off, can you take a guess of why they call it the Whispers Estate, Katie? <laughs> because some haunting bitches fucking whisper in your ear? Is that why? <laughs> I love how you worded that. <laughs> and yes, that was the perfect answer. <laughs> It was named after it was purchased and renovated in the early 2000s, and people in the house kept reporting whispering in their ear. Well, then. Right? I was like, okay, I guess I guess it depends what you're whispering in my ear, how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off, as we always do, with some background. This estate is located in Mitchell, Indiana, and it is a four-bedroom house with 3,700 square feet, built around 1894 to 1895 for a Dr. George and Sarah White. We don't have a whole lot of info on the first owners, but shortly after, uh, depending on the source, either in 1899 or 1901, the building was purchased by Dr. John and Jesse Gibbons. Now, Dr. Gibbons was a well-known doctor who used the first floor of the house as a medical office and practiced medicine there for 26 years. And really quick, just a side note, an old newspaper ad showed that a single in-town doctor's visit for Dr. Gibbons and medicine cost only $3 at the time. <sighs> We could go back to those times. <laughs> I mean, you gotta think about what the medicine is. Like, you oh, that's a good point. A good these point. are the times that if you if you had a fever, you got ghosts in your blood, you should do cocaine about it, okay? <laughs> that is a very good point. Maybe we don't want the medicine he's selling. <laughs> I don't think we do, Rudy. I'm sorry. <laughs> to think about <laughs> I'm like ah oh, three dollars for my medication for my drugs <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and along that line uh, based on the time period it is presumed that numerous amputations and deaths occurred in his medical office over the years so there's definitely a lot going on in this building over the Amount of time that he had his medical office in it. <laughs> now, records do indicate that the couple fostered one girl named Helen Marie. And while there are not official records to support it, it is rumored that the couple also adopted a number of orphan children, including two girls who I will discuss briefly. Perhaps the most well-known story is that of Rachel. She was a 10-year-old girl adopted by Dr. Gibbons and his wife, and there are two variations of the story, of which I'll first tell you the more common version. 
It was Christmas time in 1912, and Rachel was curious about what she was getting for Christmas, so she went downstairs one night to have a peek under the tree. At this time, instead of electrical lights, candles were used to light up the Christmas tree. So when she was trying to reach for the presents under the tree, or perhaps trying to hide from someone coming down the stairs, she accidentally knocked over one of the candles and caught her nightgown on fire. Soon the blaze spread across the room. The other less common variation of the story is one that originated from two psychics who said that Rachel took some ether from her father's medical office and not realizing what it was, when she opened the jar, it knocked her unconscious, and then when she fell was when she knocked over a candle and lit the room on fire. And just a quick note, ether was a pleasant-smelling, highly flammable liquid that was historically used to treat a variety of medical conditions before it was eventually realized that it made a particularly good surgical anesthetic. She was burned so badly that it is said she only survived for two more days before she passed away. There, this is uh, one other detail that is debated in the story. Some folks say that Dr. Gibbons saw her as an embarrassment to the family at that point, as quote-unquote damaged goods and intentionally upped her dosage of morphine until she slipped away and two psychics did say they believed that's what actually led to her death although they weren't sure if it was intentional or accidental so there's some debate there of did she die because of the the medication or did she die from her burns it might have also been the fact that it was just a mercy killing to put her out of her misery that's a good point in terms of if it was intentional it could have also been a more positive thinking to it of understanding that perhaps she was so poor, excuse me, so badly burned that there may have been no recovery for her. And that was the least painful way to go at that point. So yeah, as you can see (laughs) already, our case is getting off to quite a dark turn. There is still evidence of the fire on the woodwork of the parlor to this day. Like I said, there is not, records of this girl having been adopted or and there's not even a record actually of her um starting the fire and passing away from the fire but this is a well-known story in relation to whispers estate and if it really did happen my heart goes out to that poor girl now before we move on in regards to if the the doctor intentionally overdosed rachel and not in a kind way Uh, There are a number of stories that he was not exactly a nice guy, so I thought this was a good point to bring that up. Okay. It is said that Dr. Gibbons was a womanizer and was known to inappropriately touch his female patients or treat them poorly during procedures. And while some records state that Dr. Gibbons was a well-thought-of doctor, many of these records were authored by the doctor himself, whereas other records written by other people often indicated he was not thought of that well as a doctor. And I would definitely argue so in relation to the claims of how he treated women if that was the case. Which I feel like there's got to be some hint of truth to that, otherwise I don't know where that claim would have come from. And at least one woman who grew up in the area did say that she was warned growing up to avoid his house at all costs. I think we've all gotten that warning about somebody in our life. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say this is worse. I mean, 
you don't want that with any person. But the fact that this is also your, like your local doctor that's supposed to be the person you trust to come help you if you're sick or e not even if you're sick, like if you're having a baby or something, that you're, yeah. you're trusting this guy, you know, to look out for you and have your best interests in mind. So to be warned to stay away from him, it's just like, and I mean, nowadays... Well, it depends I mean, on what community. During that is. time, too, like, as far as, like, babies go, like, it would be a midwife. Oh, that's true. Him. Yeah, that'd probably be more like a, a midwife's job to do that. So, yeah, he probably didn't do a whole mm -hmm. lot of that. <sighs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Don't still, like it's uncozy. And, like, mm -hmm. I know there's a couple cases that we'll get into on my side of things, like Dr. Death and then, like, Angels of Death, where it's like you're supposed to trust these people and deliberately hurting you in one way or another. Yeah. Now, the other girl I did want to briefly mention uh, that they adopted that also faced tragedy in this house was a 10-month-old infant named Elizabeth who died later in the master bedroom due to unknown causes. And again, this is another uh, adopted child where there's no records to indicate she was for sure adopted, but... I would also say back in that time frame, I don't know how good the record keeping was, so I'm not sure I could really say either way if these are fictional or if these were real children that did suffer these tragedies. Now, in 1917, the house suffered another bout of bad luck when the house was struck by lightning and the chimney came down as a result. So it's just kind of one thing after another at this place. <laughs> Fucking Odin went, let me come down from chimney tonight. BAM! <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, shit. Oh my god. This place was not destined for great things, I guess. <laughs> oh my god. If you haven't listened to the Yule episode that we did last year, uh, that's a reference back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely go check out that episode if you have not already listened. <laughs> Mrs. Gibbons passed away in the master bedroom as well from bronchopneumonia on May 31st of 1934. And a couple months after his wife's death, Dr. Gibbons was hit by a car on July 26, 1934. But apparently he survived because uh, his story goes on. About three years after the death of Mrs. Gibbons, his daughter Helen... And that's the the one daughter there was an official record of. Uh, tried mm -hmm. to have him admitted into an insane asylum. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I guess there was a complicated daddy oh. relationship. There. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I want him out of the fucking house. I don't want him around me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the stories are true, I wouldn't blame her. <laughs> Now, during the investigation into his mental well-being, Dr. Gibbons was forced to stop his medical operations for the safety of his patients, thankfully. Uh, and in the report that was issued to have them look into his mental health, it had been reported that Dr. Gibbons was a danger to himself and to others. It was documented that Dr. Gibbons had been carrying a gun around town and was threatening to kill people and speaking incoherently. However, the officials concluded that Dr. Gibbons was sound of mind. 
And so it sounds like he is. Yeah. Fuck he is. Right. He's there right here talking to fucking like his gun. Fucking just like you're just like sitting. medical practice back since they determined he was sound of mind and it wasn't until a few few years later when he went I guess senile enough that they couldn't deny it anymore <laughs> that he had his medical license revoked so I'm not sure exactly what happened that was the tipping point of okay he is far enough gone that he should not be operating as a, a physician anymore but apparently something happened and it was finally the last straw so, Mr. or I should say Dr. Dr. Gibbons ended up passing away on July 6th of 1944. Uh, one source said from complications and another source said from pneumonia, potentially on the first floor of the house. So, the details are a little shaky about the location and the cause, but possibly pneumonia inside the house. Mm-hmm. And there are a few more recent deaths that occurred in the house since then. There was one man who passed away in the upstairs bathroom in the 1950s, and his body was not discovered for three days. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was gonna be right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's when it was apartments or a private residence, but either way, I was like, that does not sound good. No. Ugh. A father passed away in the upstairs bathroom as well, or actually one source said closet, so either upstairs bathroom or closet, in 1966, and his special needs son named Gary passed away in 1974 when he fell down the front staircase. This house has a fucking death count, oh my it god. does, yes, it has seen some things. And a quick note, one of my sources did reverse the order of those last two deaths, in which case the son passed away before the father. But in any case, there was definitely a son and father that both passed away in the household. And like I mentioned, this has been a private residence, an apartment complex, and apparently even a bed and breakfast at one point. So it's cycled through a few different forms of housing in one way or another uh but it's it's definitely seen some shit over the years between the medical practice for 26 years with all the tragedy that followed that family and then the families that followed obviously some tragedy following them as well between 2000 and 2004 the building lay vacant until it was purchased by a new owner And then around 2006 was when that owner started renovating it. And that's when the reports of strange activity began coming in. So that brings us to our paranormal accounts of why do we think this house is haunted? (laughs) Besides the whispering walls we already discussed. (laughs) Now, one source claims there are about two dozen spirits residing in this building, many of which were the patients of Dr. Gibbons. But I would like to briefly discuss some potential sources of these spirits besides, of course, 
the deaths that have occurred in the houses. That is one obvious source. Uh, directly related to the medical facility, a psychic noted that there are supposedly four graves in the backyard, not including an additional quote-unquote pit grave, which contained amputated limbs, internal organs, and biological remains from abortions. I mean, being a doctor back in the day, I guess you gotta do something with your biological remains. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it speaks a lot that he was conducting abortions, too, because that's that was something that was highly frowned upon, unfortunately. It's still kind of frowned upon. Um, yeah. But that was something that you wouldn't usually see doctors doing, and if they did, I can understand why he would put the remains in, like, a mass clandestine grave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we don't know for sure if that's the case. That's just based on uh, what a psychic believed. Uh, but I can't say I'd be entirely surprised, uh, given... It the time period and also considering we've talked about before it was not unusual to have graves in your like backyard graves in older time periods um so i wouldn't say it's too far-fetched to say that that may also be where he is disposing of any sort of biological remains that he has absolutely now, another factor to consider in terms of where could we be having some sort of paranormal activity originating from is that in recent years, uh, it sounds like, see, I can't pinpoint the exact year. It sounded to me like maybe since that owner who took over in about 2006, but it might have been a little later than that. But for quite a while now, in any case, uh, Ouija boards have been available for use throughout the house and encouraged to be used. And there are also mirrors throughout the house. <laughs> I think I lost Katie. I think the podcast is over, guys. It's done. See you next time. recent post i i'm going off memory here i want to say it's from 2022 i know it was like last few years of an investigative team that went there they posted on their social media that they found that at least one of the boards was left out like open not properly closed and who knows how many times that's happened if this has been going on for over a decade now that these have just been like hey these are here feel free to use them when you feel like it anybody just coming in to say hi just want to talk to some ghosties with a ouija board with no prior experience, for potentially. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they are rated ages eight and up to summon Satan. So. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Jesus fucking Christ! Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, "Ooh, we got." Plenty of Ouija boards that are basically be being used as like a touristy kind of attraction, and lots of mirrors everywhere. Like this sounds like a lovely combination. I <laughs> feel like my lovely. microphone is picking up my heart right now because I'm just like I hate every fiber of that. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> no. Yeah. So a, you don't leave your boards out. B no. you don't keep the plants shut on the boards. C mm. you don't let people play with your board and you don't know what they're like doing. Mm-mm. D if you don't know what you're doing, don't fucking touch the board. Mm-mm. <laughs> Those are our house rules, man. Those are the house rules. No, the house rules is that it doesn't come in my fucking house. <laughs> I mean, that's my fucking house rule. <laughs> I can't remember if it was, it was, I think it was you I was talking to. It might have been somebody else where I think you sent me like a picture of like breath mints with a Ouija board on it. And I was like, that's staying out of my fucking house. I'm like, that's not coming in my house. I don't care if it's not a real Ouija board. It's not coming in my house. I yeah, I have one of the, the Ouija board uh, Altoids cases. And I also exactly. have a, uh, a zombie one and something else, too. I think I have a pentacle one that has, like, pentacle breath mints in it. But my... my uh, <laughs> I'd be cool with that. That's all good. Yeah, I like my pentacle <laughs> breath mints. But um, the, uh, the Ouija board one has, like, the plant shuts as the breath mints, oh which is really God. freaking cool. It's it, cute. I it, like it. It is. It is cute. But I don't want it in my house. <laughs> Yeah, I'm that paranoid bitch over here who wants it was like, can I get a Ouija board t-shirt? And I'm like, nope, it's got a Ouija board on it. It's not coming in my house. <laughs> That's me. Uh, I would say perhaps there really are dozens of spirits, but I would argue they may not all be directly related to the doctor who used to live here, just considering what, what we got going on here. <laughs> well, if you think about how... Uh, obviously Hollywood has some influence in this too, but Ouija boards are made to contact the other side and open a gate to more easily like make that contact. So if you have this contact being made by people that don't know what they're doing, they don't know how to close out of a session, they keep the planchettes on the board after a session or they leave the boards out basically in like this free to roam space and not like, resealing and making sure that everything is good to go after you're done and before you start i would imagine just based off of previous experience of my own of (laughs) friends of mine (laughs) messing with ouija boards in like one of the old restaurants in loveland colorado and not knowing what they were doing how many shadow people are in that restaurant now and how many just intimidating feelings you get going in there. I can scarcely imagine this on a higher scale of people are coming in maybe daily and messing around with things that they should not be. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, because I'll mention, I'll go into a little bit more detail later just for anybody interested in visiting, but currently they're not doing like daily tours they're just doing overnight investigations but it sounds like for years they were offering daily tours and during these tours they just say feel free to play around with these i mean it was pretty much a daily thing this was happening so i don't like that i don't like it at all Mm-mm. no you, thank you you can get a lot of shit going with just a couple sessions like oh yeah Yep. <laughs> Even just one session, you can open a fucking floodgate. So I can, I can only fucking imagine it. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> some people also believe that there's a portal or vortex that runs through the house from the front parlor up to the room in the third floor, uh, which is the attic. Basically, I'll, I will probably interchangeably. 
um, call that either the third floor room or the attic. But they're the same thing. And that is where the heart of the house is said to be located. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, you got a lot to look forward to. <laughs> so let's talk about what's happening. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Here we go. <laughs> I got it. Let's go. So, there are reports of disembodied voices, like we said, whispering, so of course whispering, as well as whistling and screaming. And in at least one case, investigators were led upstairs by voices, then back downstairs, then all the way up to the attic, and they couldn't find any sort of source or explanation. So this isn't even just, like, an occasional disembodied voice, it's a pretty high level of activity that is being experienced inside this house. A number of EVPs have been recorded here as well, including knocking and banging noises, heavy breathing and growls, as well as your your regular, more traditional EVPs of just voices. And th- there have been photos taken that show screaming faces in them. Yeah, I didn't like that when I saw that. I haven't seen a, I haven't heard or seen of a lot of them, but there was one source I had that had a couple of those photos from investigation, and I was just like, oh, that's a nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. Like, why? Yeah, if it was just a face, I'd be like, that's creepy, but okay. But a screaming face? Mm-mm. No, thank you. No. And then if there's like muscles in the pictures, like whoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's some freaky shit right there. I'm like, oh no, thank you. I'll stay away. <laughs> Scents may drift through the house, including those of baby powder, cologne, aftershave, cigars, tobacco, rancid meat and vegetables, and dirty medical bandages. On Real quick, on the brighter side, some people have experienced what feels like a kid hugging your leg. I would not say that's the brighter side here. (laughs) That is true. I guess it depends on where you're coming from. And by the time we get to the end of part two... I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling like it's the brighter side, because we'll get into it, but there is a child, it's at least one child spirit here, or is believed to be at least one child spirit here, so I'm feeling like, yeah, I think it's that, but there's also some other shit here that I would not put it past it to pretend it's a kid, so I don't know, I don't know, you gotta, gotta use your ra- radar there to see how you feel about that. <laughs> I don't feel great about it. Let's, let's start there. <laughs> off to a great start Uh, there's also been reports of mists orbs and shadow figures doorknobs rattle and items may move on their own especially cameras that investigators set up have been known to be repositioned away from whatever they're trying to look at beds and couches will shake even if someone is sleeping or sitting on them And some people have been grabbed, scratched, or pushed, including a child, of which some of these cases have been quite violent. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I heard it happened to a kid, that really got me. I was like, ugh, you don't put your hands on the kid. I mean, don't be putting your hands on anybody, but definitely don't be putting your hands on the kid. (laughs) Stacey Von Patton, who was a staff member at the time, 
uh, had one of these experiences. She was walking down the stairs behind her niece when suddenly she flew over the top of her niece and fell face first against the door at the bottom of the stairs. And keep in mind, she did not touch her niece once when falling, and there is no way that she could have done this unless she, sh- unless she somehow managed to jump up high enough in the air as she fell or was launched upwards that she did not hit her knees as she was going down. That ghost yeeted her. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> Full on yeet. Yeah, I was like, uh-uh, I don't like that shit. If you're strong enough to do that, like lift a full human being and just fucking eat them over another person? Like, that is not okay. <sighs> and that that's not the only case of that, so we will we'll get into a little bit more of that later. That's just one just... example. Okay. <laughs> I told you, this is a fun one. Ugh. <laughs> 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 oh. Uh, another woman shared a particularly notable experience, or I guess experiences, that she had in the estate. Uh, to start off, when she was in the doctor's operating room, a black shadow figure rushed her head on. Then in the reception area near the operating room, she had her hair tugged on. Later in the bathroom that is located next to the operating room, I guess we're seeing a trend here, she felt as if she was being choked and had to stop and use her inhaler because she couldn't stop coughing. And finally, at the top of the stairs, she felt someone pinch her butt. Which a lot of people do believe that Dr. Gibbons targets women to this day, even from the afterlife, since he was known to be a womanizer. And many women, not just this one in particular, have reported hearing a man whisper in their ear and then feel either like they're being groped or grabbed or pinched. So she is definitely not the only woman who has reported this, but she definitely had quite a variety of experiences in the estate. Don't touch me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's get get into a couple specific rooms here and what activity is going on in these specific rooms. Um, So to start off with, back when it was bed and breakfast, the guests who slept in the master bedroom where Mrs. Gibbons died of pneumonia often would wake up in the middle of the night with difficulty breathing and bouts of uncontrollable coughing. Or they describe this feeling like someone is sitting on their chest. So a lot of this phenomena of just really struggling to breathe in this room. Yeah. People can also sometimes smell baby powder, especially strong in the master bedroom, or hear a baby crying, and is believed that this could be linked to the rumored passing of the baby Elizabeth, who was the adopted daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Gibbons. And the closet door in this room is known to be particularly active in which the doorknob will jiggle, suddenly stop, and then the door will swing wide open. One report actually stated this happened five times within just a couple of minutes, and between each time this was when it was bedded and breakfast, the guest had gotten up and closed the door, and then it just happened again. <laughs> My god. I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, dude, I want the closet door closed for a reason. Stop opening it. <laughs> I sent you that uh, video on TikTok of the, like, guy closing the basement staircase door, right? Oh my gosh, I don't... 
If I if you did, I didn't see it because I don't remember. I'll have to go back and look and see if I missed it. Remind me after this episode, I'll go find it. <laughs> oh great! <laughs> I'll go find it. <laughs> no, some have nicknamed this Gary's room, or in the case of the closet, Gary's closet. Because some believe it is the spirit of Gary, the young special needs boy who now is believed to stay in the closet. It is also reported that his spirit will play with toys in the closet. But if anyone does go investigate this location, I did want to note, I would be especially sensitive if trying to communicate with Gary since the 60s and 70s were not that long ago. And we need to be respectful of family members that may still be mourning that loss to this day. Now, real quick here, the third floor. So this is the attic area. Guests who stayed in this area of the house reported having terrible nightmares staying there. And sometimes they'd even wake up to what sounded like someone trying to open their door in the middle of the night. On the second floor, one investigative team brought a dog with them. And specifically, it refused to enter the back room of the second floor, where apparently there's known to be a, a negative energy in that space. Now, like I said before, you know, dogs, <laughs> if a dog is acting a certain way, I'm going to take a hint from the dog. Because dog, well, animals in general, not just dogs, cats as well, are rumored or known to be more sensitive to the paranormal so if they don't want to go into a house or a particular room then i probably don't want to go in there either <laughs> yeah that's probably not the best idea trust the dog take mm -hmm. his advice yes just just trust your your animals they have instincts for a reason still right <laughs> <laughs> they are in touch <laughs> Now, as far as the third floor, that is the attic area, guests who stayed in the space when it, back when it was a bed and breakfast reported having terrible nightmares in the space and sometimes waking up to someone trying to open the, their door in the middle of the night. Yeah, no. 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 Nope. I hate Big it. nope. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> Now, to wrap up this episode, I just wanted to briefly go through a couple specific investigations. So, first off, we'll just go through the Gem City Paranormal. Uh, they investigated the house and shared a few of their detections on their social media page. So, I'll just briefly describe some notable ones. They recorded an EVP responding no when they asked if they could close one of the doors. <laughs> Now, is that in relation to, like, an actual door, or do they not understand, like, the difference between a physical door and, like, spiritual door? It was my understanding. It seemed like they were asking about a physical door, but who knows what the spirit was re responding to. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they were trying to ask a about a physical door. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were asking about a physical door, and that spirit's like, no, you can't close where my buddies are coming in from. I gotta get the rest <laughs> of the demons out of hell. Right? Exactly. I came through that door and all my friends are coming through that door too. You can't close that door. You can't close that door. No. -uh. I got family that's going to come over soon. We can't have that closed. You're not ruining my plans. <laughs> How dare you think of ruining my plans? <laughs> the investigators also detected a figure on their SLS camera when they asked, My knee hurts. Can you prescribe something for it? 
And again, the SLS camera is that camera that if you've watched Ghost Adventures, it's that one where you get the little stick figures on the screen where it's supposed to detect any sort of shape that is humanoid. They also now this this last bit here for this investigation, this this really got me. <laughs> so they were in the doctor's waiting room, which if I'm correct, I believe that's the parlor. So they were sitting in there and they smelled fire while sitting on the couch. And their melmeter indicated that it was over 800 degrees in the room at that moment. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I've never heard of that happening before. Like, that's some freaky shit. Like, either your equipment's really fucked up, or that's some freaky paranormal shit. Because that, like I said, if this is, if I'm correct, and that's the parlor, that's the room where the fire was. So yeah. The, the fact that's... that their temperature, like... There's thermometer saying it's 800 degrees. Yeah, that would be that would be about how hot a fire would burn. Right? Oh my god! Like that that was one piece of evidence that made me freak out. (laughs) There's not a lot anymore that like makes me freak out, but that made me freak out. (laughs) That's fucking weird. Yeah, I was like, that's some freaky shit. I want to see you test your equipment and make sure it's working. And if it is, that's some freaky shit. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that. Right? I'm like very excited at the possibility of like what is that paranormal? But at the same time, I'm just like, (laughs) because if that if that's the case, if somehow it's detecting. Like, some paranormal energy, like, that would be very tragic and incredibly sad if somehow in, like, the afterlife, you're forever reliving that moment. I, I'm not Well, it's like we've talked about before with residual energy. Yeah. There's something that has a lot of energy. It's reasons, like, why it's one of the points on the pinnacle and why it's used so heavily in spiritual practices for cleansing and bringing about new, like, that is something that is very highly powerful in energy and it just completely like it makes sense to me that it could possibly just be a residual haunting or a residual like occurrence that's happening that's some freaky shit right there oh my god <laughs> yeah i hope i hope if it's a haunting it's residual yeah Ugh. still <laughs> freaky though <laughs> All right. And then to round it out here on the Whispers Estate website, they do have a few videos and recordings posted of potential paranormal evidence. I will briefly mention this comes with the caveat that, of course, this is coming from the group that owns the building that's operating it and is profiting from it. So always take it with a grain of salt. But as far as what they had, that, or at least what they had that I was able to review, <laughs> didn't have time to go through all the things, but I went through as much as I could. Uh, there were a couple of videos of doors opening and closing. However, I would note that the angle they were shot at, you can't really tell if there was a person who opened and closed that door or if it was paranormal. So, I, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. However, they did get some interesting recordings of a what sounded like a disembodied little girl's voice saying, let's play, and it's me in the servants' quarters. 
I'm not sure how I feel about children. So I'm like, my first reaction was, oh, that's sweet. So I'm going to go with that it's not anything malevolent, hopefully. So I'm like, okay, that's sweet. Hopefully, yeah. Like I said, with like the children hugging experience, like I said, because uh, we won't get into great detail about it this episode, that'll be part two. Uh, there is believed to be a child spirit that haunts the house. If that if that's what's going on here, then okay, okay. But yeah, that's that's all good. But yeah, it's when we we're talking about those darker things. That's when I'm like, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you never know. But yeah, I'm hoping. I definitely interpret it as I would think it's the spirit of the little girl, but you never know. You never know. Be careful <laughs> who you think you're talking to because you might not really know who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. And that goes for real people, too. <laughs> oh, yes. It goes on both the true crime and the paranormal side of things. <laughs> Be careful who you talk to because you don't know if you know them really. Yeah. Ugh. And then finally... They did have a few more creepy, well, these are actually EVPs, so EVPs that were a bit creepy. Uh, there's one where you hear someone in the room say, listen, and then there's this, like, I can't even mimic it, this crackly, just drawn-out voice that responds, like, listen. Like, that fucking gave me chills. I was like, that is some horror movie shit right there. <laughs> don't like it don't like it at all they got another evp where you can hear somebody whisper screw you oh <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we're not all nice here apparently <laughs> then there's an evp of a little girl laughing which that was a little creepier that that uh, again, it's like, hopefully that's really a little girl, but I think just the association with horror movies now, it just, it sounds creepy, no matter what the context is. Uh, I mean, and I wouldn't exactly be happy about hearing that on an EVP. No. I, I'd be like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good response, yes. Not, not entirely freaked out, because I don't want to get picked on for the rest of the night, but just a, that's nice. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and then lastly, they got an EVP in what I would describe to be more of a, a low voice. Not necessarily, not necessarily like deep and masculine, like I'm not trying to convey gender by any means, but more like low, like quiet, soft, kind of hard to make out, uh, where it said, what's he doing to my baby? And that was in the doctor's waiting room. Oh. You, yeah, so some lonely EVPs there, but that is going to round out our part one for this topic. Please come back next week. We're going to dive into some more of the specific spirits that are haunting this location in our part two. Some of them really nice and some of them not so nice. So there's definitely a little bit of everything to look forward to, just as you can imagine on how this episode went. But yeah, definitely a lot of activity at this location, as you can see already. <sighs> and some very powerful activity as well when we discuss the woman who was thrown down the stairs 
Ugh, that definitely sticks in my mind for sure. Yeah, still, still plenty to talk about. So make sure you come. There's back. a lot that I'm unpacking right now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, how do I summarize this? Because it was just like, even it just. I know how to summarize so it. Much. Don't mess with fucking Ouija board. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to summarize it. Like, oh don't God. do it if you really don't know what you're doing. I don't care how fun it sounds. I don't do it because God knows at least one of those people that went in there and fucked with that got a attachment. So you oh, yeah. have fun with that. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not just like, oh, good job. You brought all this creepy shit to this location. It's like some of that shit can follow you. And then it's not all fun and, and exciting of like, ooh, I went to this this touristy spot and I got creeped out, got the adrenaline rush, you know, I got what I came for, I'm going back home where it's safe now. Like, some of that shit can follow you. And then, <laughs> then it's not a game anymore. Then it's not all fun anymore, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. And then it's like, you're stressed and you're seeing a weird thing stare at you at the end of your bed in the middle of the night. And your partner's like, there's nothing there. And you're like, there's something fucking there. Right? Oh, fuck no. So many fuck no. And then oh. suddenly they're making a paranormal activity eight about you, okay? So no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is why we don't mess with the Ouija boards. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> so if you do go to this place, when they offer, well, actually, I, I can't, I don't know for sure. We're now in 2023. I don't know if they're still offering the Ouija boards. I sincerely hope they're not. But if they are, please do not. Pick up the Ouija board. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Especially because other people are touching it, too. You don't know what they did before that. So, yeah. You know, spiritual practices. Don't mess with other people's shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. That should be a general rule in everything, actually. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now that I'm thinking about it. Don't touch other people's things. Well, on that high note... <laughs> We will wrap up our episode here. As always, make sure you rate us on whatever podcast app you are listening to us on. Or if you're listening to us on YouTube, then make sure you subscribe over there. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some ratings. It helps other people find us and discover us and hopefully also enjoy these episodes. <laughs> But like I said, come back next week. We're going to deep dive into some more spooky spirits of the Whisper Estate. And we'll be back then. See you later. Thank you again for listening to Haunting Cases Podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Haunting Cases Podcast and on Twitter at Haunting Cases. If you have a listener tale, story request, or any questions, email us at hauntingcasespodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So, what do you say, listeners? Are, Are you haunted, haunted too? too?